Have you ever wondered how we record the Metal Exchange? For the last three years, we've been using Zencaster for all things podcast related. And without Zencaster, the Metal Exchange wouldn't be brought to you each and every week. Now it's your turn. It's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you've thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations, just like us. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code MetalExchange and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same easy experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time for you to share your story. Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris back again. How are you, my friend? Just lovely. How are you? I am doing well. It was a good week. I am uh, really down with my doom metal after a week of listening to the new Sorcerer album. So uh, we will get to that and more very, very soon. But I wanted to just talk about some new stuff that's come out, um, specifically the new Angra and new Serenity albums, both of which were released in the last week or so. Do you have any thoughts on either of these? Because I know that they were two albums that you were, I mean, and, and I think I can speak for myself as well, that we were both, you know, really looking forward to. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked uh, both of them a lot. Um, I thought the the Angra album, I thought, was probably my favorite of the Fabio album so far. Um, I mean, I've only listened to it once, so I have time to change my mind, but um, I, I thought it was just a really impressive overall uh, effort here. Um, it, 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 it felt like it kind of harkened back to some older anger material, so I, I liked it a lot, and, and I thought the Serenity album was, was really um, their best album in a while as well. Um, just uh, I think they're both going to be pretty strong contenders. I'm not going to say that either one of them are going to be my album of the year, but I have a feeling they're both going to rank pretty highly on my list come the end of the year. Uh, you know, barring me ending up just not liking them so much yeah. after listening to them again. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Both, I don't. Yeah, I thought bo- both albums were quite good. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know which one I like better. I kind of go back and forth. The Angra did feel like a return to form in many ways. There are a couple of songs that really reminded me of like the early Edu era, just in terms of the speed and the approach. But even like some of some of the slower songs, Fabio sounded great. His vocals were just really powerful. Um, a, a very easy listen for me. And the Serenity album just felt inspired in many ways. Uh, they had lost me a little bit with some of their later releases, but this one, they kind of went all in. They had Roy Khan as a guest. And I swear, if I didn't know any better, one of the songs sounds like it was just taken off of a Sabotage record, which was kind of jarring at first, but I love that song. I thought Revolution AD was fantastic. 
Yeah, yeah, great tune. In fact, uh, I don't know, I don't think I told you this, but uh, Caleb actually reached out to me uh, and mentioned that song in particular. No uh, kidding. What did he say? Uh, he, he, yeah, he said that it, made, it reminded him of Meatloaf, which was uh, nice. I can see that something too. that I had mentioned as well. That I got it, it reminded me a lot of some of uh, it, kind of like how some of the newer Avantasia stuff kind of takes a a page of the Meatloaf Meatloaf playbook, <laughs> uh, particularly. Um, mystery of a blood red rose um and i feel like you know this song is is also not you know too far off from that kind of vibe as well so um i definitely can hear the sabotage uh comparison too um but yeah this is uh i have to say these two albums along with the new temperance album have been a few of my favorites so far in uh, the last quarter of releases this year yeah, very, very, very cool stuff. Um, minutes before we started recording this podcast, which obviously will be out on Monday, I had a chance to listen to the new Caligula's horse single, Gollum. Really interesting track. Um, more of the same from these guys. I don't know that it's anything that you haven't heard, but they just are so enjoyable. And, you know, they put on such a great show when we saw them live a couple, you know, two months ago. Really worth checking out and, and I would recommend people go out of their way to, to listen to this new single. We'll certainly post it this week so you can have a listen to that. Um, was there anything else that kind of came across your plate that you heard that you, that, you know, caught your ear? Uh, yeah, I came across this kind of by accident, but, um, uh, you know, we had, uh, Jens Ludwig on the podcast. Jeez. I, it feels like that must've been what, like a year, a year ago, two years ago. Um, easily. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, at the time he was, you know, hinting at a new project and and it eventually came to fruition. Uh, it was called the Grandmaster, and it looks like the that they will be releasing a second album in 2014. Uh, 2014. Wow, that would have been that'd be impressive. 2024 <laughs> called Black Sun. Um, they released a single, uh, Watching the End, uh, just the other day. Uh, pretty much, I think in in lockstep with the uh, first album, but um, they bring a new singer on board uh, this time around, uh, Per Johansson. uh, uh, He's a singer of the band Fate, um, and uh, he has come on to replace uh, the singer from the first album. The first album was called Skywards, and uh, Nando Fernandez was the... Uh, vocalist on that first one so new vocalist but I believe the rest of the band remains the same Jens Ludwig on guitar uh, Mirko DeMaio on drums and uh, Alessandro Del Vecchio on bass and keyboard and and uh, you know Alessandro's been on a number of things uh, you know the Archon Angel their re- most recent album uh, he's been a part of Edge of Forever uh, he plays keyboards uh, with Yorn uh, he's a um, keyboard player for Sunstorm so uh, he definitely he's the frontiers himself. himself in many ways yeah yeah he keeps himself busy he, he was on um, the uh, last two Ronnie Romero cover albums and uh, he even briefly was uh, in the keyboard player for Eden's Curse so um I'm looking forward to hearing that that whole album. The first album was quite good. The new single is quite good. So um, I expect that the the new album will be quite good as well. And that uh, comes out January 12th of next year. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply which will be here before you know it. I uh, just wanted to go back a little bit and talk about uh, our Nine Inch Nails episode, which got a lot of interesting praise, I guess. Not so much the episode, but the album, because a lot of people found this to be a really not only interesting choice for the podcast, but found that to be one of their most formative albums of their lives, just in terms of influence and um Although I think that we may not have appreciated it as a song by song release. In many ways, I think the album obviously had a lot of influence on stuff that came afterwards. And that was something that we pointed out. We actually had somebody tell us uh, we should have focused a little bit on the concept of the album, which is something that I really didn't pay as much attention to, if only because I felt like it got lost in the wildness that was the album itself so you know something else that we could obviously have talked about for sure but a really interesting choice um from nick one of our patrons and obviously good friends uh encouraging everyone to join the patreon so you too can make requests obviously be privy to our bonus episodes our monthly chats and all the other perks that go along with that but yeah nine inch nails quite quite the interesting pick i think we go more in a traditional direction this week with the new Sorcerer release, Reign of the Reaper. And I picked this album, and I had mentioned this briefly last week. It had just come out um, about two weeks ago. I had been eager to hear this album. I'm a fan of the band. They are one of the better modern doom bands that are out there. And I just said to myself, you know what? We haven't covered something new in a while. Let's just give this one a spin and really spend some time with it, which is something that I don't know that... Um, you necessarily would have done at least in this kind of depth if um, you know not forced to in many ways I'm sure you would have given it a listen but I don't know that you would have played it numerous times because it would have kind of gotten lost in the shuffle perhaps uh, yeah that's probably a fair assessment um, yeah I was planning on listening to it it's just a matter of you know what I've had the time to go back to it a bunch of times uh, I listened to it five times um so i feel like i definitely got uh the, the the gist of it um so yeah uh definitely i think it, it's safe to say I, I listened to it more than i probably would have otherwise so that that's definitely a good thing yeah no no question about that uh as i said the album came out last month uh it is the lineup that has basically been uh, around since the uh, reformation of the band in 2010. Anders Engberg on vocals, Christian Neiman on guitars, along with Peter Halgren, Justin Biggs on bass, and Stefan Norgren on drums, who joined the band for this release. 
Uh, and, and Justin Biggs obviously joined the band about five years ago uh, as well. But it's, you know, the core sound with, with Andrew singing and, and the two guitar players in full force and effect here. How familiar were you with their back catalog? And, and I mean, obviously this band has been around for a while. They, they go back to 1988. So I, I know that you don't know all of their stuff, but their more recent material since they've gotten back together. How familiar are you with them? Uh, songs here and there. I think uh, getting prepped for Prague Power the year that they um, played the festival, I listened to uh, probably whatever their you know recent set list looked like at the time. Um, so you know, Hammer of Witches and Deliverance and Dance with the Devil uh, in particular from their previous album, Lamenting of the. Innocent, uh, Ship of Doom was another song that I knew quite well from Good Crowning song. of the Fire King. Um, that those were probably the the um, the the songs I knew most well. Um, and and not to mention, um, couple a couple of years ago they released a uh, a, a single uh, cover of Gates of Babylon, um, which I thought was a really awesome cover, and it was interesting. I noticed our friend Mark had posted this video and i think it was like right before you had or at least we aired the episode where we would announce that we were talking about sorcerer so his timing was pretty spot on uh with sharing that but um definitely uh worth checking out that's a really i love that song to begin with and um i think sorcerer does a really cool uh version of it yeah no question about it that is a fantastic cover uh, but since, I guess, about 2015 or so, when this band really kind of reformed, they have been in many ways on fire. They have four albums out, uh, this being obviously the fourth. And um, really, I think, held in high regard in the, in, in the, in the metal genre and, and by Duma fans as just having a clean, crisp Doom sound. But I found this particular release, after you know listening to it about five times myself, to have some different elements that I wasn't expecting, uh, to say the least. And we'll, we'll get there in a little bit. Did you happen to catch them in Prague Power or did you miss their set? I don't think I saw it. I'm pretty sure I didn't see it. It's, uh, I think they were in that, that dreaded opening slot on Saturday where I'm still kind of clearing the cobwebs from the previous <laughs> two or three days. And, um, Unfortunately, I just uh, didn't make it. Um, I'd, I'd have to pull up the lineup from that year to remind myself of what my erratic schedule looked like that year because uh, it always is kind of erratic. And, and outside of this year, like, you know, best laid plans, uh, so to speak. Totally. Um, yeah, this year I, I was made a point to check out pretty much almost everything. And, um, in, in years past, I, I was not as uh, disciplined, I, I, I will say. I think that would be the, the perfect word. So looking back on this, this would have been uh, Prague Power 20 took place uh, four years ago. And um, yeah, so this was Saturday, the Saturday lineup. I didn't make it into the um, the venue until the second half of the the night so it was sorcerer jag panzer and caligula's horse starting things up and i 
came in for Poets of the Fall, Threshold, and Demons and Wizards, which was a pretty spectacular uh, final three and probably final four. If because um, from what I heard, Caligula's horse put on a hell of a show that night. Um, I just didn't happen to catch it. And you know, the night before, I think I had only seen Ordenogan and Seventh Wonder. I was kind of like like dipping my toe back into the whole prog power thing after having a little bit of a mental issue the year before uh to to put it lightly um so um yeah uh i unfortunately i I didn't get to see them i do know our friend carl got to go on stage and and sing a tune as as he uh was not was not his first time doing so uh at prog power um he's kind of a, a a guest uh guest celebrity vocalist of sorts um but uh yeah, uh, did you see them? And if so, uh, how was it? I did, and I was actually really impressed. I enjoyed their studio material, but I thought that live, it was interesting. They, they, it was like a no frills set, and by that I mean the just a typical black background, not a very impressive stage show. But for the music, you didn't need it, and dare I say, don't want anything else. You just want the music to kind of resonate because I think it's very powerful, and you know, doom metal is. Uh, I guess for me, a bit of an acquired taste. I, I loved when we covered the first Candlemas album. I thought that that was great. I've always been a fan of Wild Heaven Wept, and I think that they are um, among the stalwarts in the genre, especially in the U.S. But I would put Sorcerer up there with with these other names, just because. Although there's other bands like Solitude Eternus and 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 other bands that are you know at the forefront of the genre, Sorcerer at least for the over the last you know eight or ten years have just been you know, really the flag bearers in many ways. And so I was so curious to just hear this album. I knew I was going to listen to it. I said, the hell with it. Let's cover it on the show. It's certainly timely. Uh, and I'm, I'm really curious to hear, you know, your, your thoughts on this one. It's, it's, it was an interesting, uh, how do I explain this? It was interesting to me because although I liked it and I'll get into that, it was not what I was expecting in many ways. And, and I'll explain that in a little bit. But the album is not, um, I wouldn't say it's like that long of an album. It only clocks in at about 48 minutes. But I found it to be very digestible. And every time I listened to it, I never felt like it dragged. And sometimes with Doom, it can get a little long in the tooth for me. But this one moved really fast because I thought there was a lot of contrast track to track to track. I think that's really fair. Um, I... Definitely, while I picked up on like the 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 doom elements, this felt like um, almost like doom for beginners, uh, which I think like while Heaven Wept, it was a good um, a good band to mention because they kind of remind me of the same thing. I I just think that like it, it's very um, accessible for a genre that's not always accessible for somebody that kind of uh, leans power metal, right? Um, but th- this was, I-, I thought this was really like, yeah, dig- like digestible was a good word to use. Cause I thought it was a, a pretty easy listen. Um, I-, I didn't find that it was, uh, like, like, I don't know. I didn't have a hard time with it. I, I feel like, um, like a-, a real classic black metal album or not black metal, doom metal album, um, might not be as, uh, easy to digest as this one. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, um, what you said is pretty right on. Um, that, that's kind of how I felt about it. And I thought it was really, um, 
Just a really easy listen. Nice. Uh, the the album starts out um, with a song that I would say is not a typical Doom song in, in Morningstar. And I say that because although it certainly has Doom-like tendencies with some of the riffs, it's much more upbeat and powerful. And it really kind of starts off with this march, almost like a call to war. But it was faster than I expected and faster than really anything I had heard from the band. Now, I'm not suggesting this is Sonata, Artica, and Wolf and Raven. It's not that. But it's not as slow and plodding as some of the doom that you're accustomed to. And it certainly doesn't have that funeral doom element that a lot of the death vocal doom bands have. This was upbeat and powerful. And quite frankly, it hit me like a ton of bricks with the first listen. I mean, the first time I heard it, I'm like, wow, what the heck is this? Uh, the verses have that doom element, but there's a bit of like this sense of urgency behind it. And I thought that um, not only are Anders Engberg's vocals fantastic on this song and the rest of the disc, and I'll, I'll certainly talk about him a little bit more, but I felt like this song had this pummeling drums and these guitar tune tone that really just kind of drove this entire ship. And the chorus, my God, I love how catchy it is. And it just slows down just a bit from the verses that really kind of, I don't know, like play off each other very, very well. I loved this tune. And I'm going to be honest with you. I know I haven't given you the floor yet. This was my song of the week right away. It hit me like a ton of bricks. And I have one or two things I want to say about it. But let's give it a listen and then we'll come back. I'll say one or two more words and I'll, I'll give you the floor. This is Morningstar by Sorcerer. song morning star is so epic i i i, I the, two things i didn't mention about it were the guitar solo which just makes you want to headbang along and this epic slow outro that really just slays and kind of puts the stamp on on the beginning of this album uh, I, you know, I mentioned it obviously as my song of the week. It is up there for my song of the year. That's how much I enjoyed this particular track. Now that I've gone on for two minutes, what are your thoughts on this? How, I hated it. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I was editing the last episode and, and I was, uh, you know, adding the little one minute, uh, little preview of, of the next episode, I used the beginning of this yep. song. I, I just thought it was such a, it just was like such a majestic and, and exciting way to kick off the album. And every time I listened to it this week, 
I, I took note of that, that it just starts off with, with such a powerful um, and exciting way. And, and it just those like, those just like, you know, almost like going off to war drumming. And, and then the, the guitars kick in about 45 seconds into the song. It reminded me of kind of like old, old school blind guardian in ways, but then, you know, um, the vocals come in and, and you have like the, you know, just a totally unique vocal experience. I, I definitely can understand your uh, positivity and excitement for this song. Um, because it is a really great song. I enjoy it a lot. Um, I have another song in mind for Song of the Week, but this uh, was definitely up there as one of my favorites as well. A really, really good tune. And, and, and you know, if you're not like a big doom metal person, um, this might be like a good entry point. Uh, just pop this song on. And, and you know, if it, if it works for you, then maybe you can get into stuff that might be a little bit doomier, uh, Maybe, you know, like you mentioned, a little bit more funerally, but um, this this has more of a, a kind of, um, I don't know if positive is the right word, but it definitely has kind of like a, well, march was definitely a good word you used to, to describe it. Just kind of, has kind of like a march to war kind of, um, kind of vibe to it. Um, you know, I, I was expecting this to be the album on the whole to have more of kind of a darker feel to it, which I, I kind of was glad that it didn't because... Uh, you know, I just, I'm not, just not really a very dark guy. So, uh, huh. you know, um, they, th- this worked for me just fine. They, they did a nice job of contrasting songs like Morningstar with more traditional doom songs like Reign of the Reaper, the second track. And I think that we often talk about tracks and the order in which these songs are presented. This song, this album, is presented so well because every it goes from a song like um, Morningstar to this traditional doom song in Reign of the Reaper, and then we'll, we'll discuss the Thy Kingdom Will Come, which again has a little bit more of an upbeat feel to it, and, and it's that change of pace throughout, and it really goes this way throughout the whole album. Every other song has that doomy feel to it, um, but then every other song has the more upbeat, almost positive uh, feel to it, you know, just in terms of presentation. Great, great job. And they did – I thought the way that they they kind of laid this album out are fantastic. And there's even a song on the on the back end, which I love, uh, for reasons I'll get to. So I'm, I'm wondering if that is, in fact, uh, your song of the week. But we will certainly get there. Uh, you know, Reign of the Reaper, like I said, the drums just pop during that intro. It's darker. It's slower. And the vocals just absolutely soar over the music. It, it feels to me like a really well-constructed Candlemas tune, which is about the biggest compliment I think you can give a for a Doom band. Powerful riffs, interesting use of layered vocals in spots. And although I think the, the prior song was a real tough act to follow, they were smart to kind of slow it down and kind of go back to their roots uh, on this second track. And what was cool is just like all of a sudden in the middle of uh, – you know, in the middle of the song, there's like this like piano use of the piano, which I was not expecting as well, because it's not something that's heavily employed by the band, uh, nor were the growling vocals, which were used, you know, and they kind of sprinkle them in on this track. Nice contrast is, I guess, is, is, is the moral of the story and a very good follow up to a track that blew me away. Uh, yeah. Wow. That was a really uh, fantastic uh summation of this song um my thing yeah, this is definitely my has, thing that's uh, my bread and butter there you go um 
Yeah, th- this was definitely what I would think of as more traditional Doom type, um, just more of a mid-tempo. Again, it does have kind of a marching kind of gait to it, but um, more deliberate. Um, but uh, also, you know, a solid tune. Like, uh, it's, I, I enjoyed this. I- again, I-, I thought the first song was a little bit more of my cup of tea, but this is good too. Um uh, yeah, just solid. Like everything about it is really solid, and, and you know the just the audio quality. Um, I guess it's funny because, like you said, we don't talk about like brand new albums as often as we talk about older albums. So, like, there's no excuse for a 2023 album to have a bad production at this point. And this this sounds really, really crisp and really, really just uh, very easy to listen to. Just uh, from a, an audio. Um, audiophile standpoint just really just really enjoyable um from that point of view um but this is this is good too if you're uh into that more you know like you said more of a candle mass style this is right in that wheelhouse yeah you're right it's sonically i thought it was a very pleasing album like it's just very easy to to digest and appreciate you i think all the instruments are given an opportunity to shine at the right times as we kind of move into Thy, King, uh, Thy Kingdom Will Come, which is track number three on this album, uh, it's about a five-minute tune. It would be one of the shorter songs on the album. I think the second shortest song, if I'm not mistaken. Again, the change of pace here, slightly more upbeat. Again, not not in the power metal style, but for this type of a style, definitely more upbeat. What were your thoughts on this one? Um, I want to hear, like, I feel like this was more in line with what you're into, just because, again, not plotting by any means. Yeah, I love this song. It's my song of the week. I, I um, it's the this song stuck out to me every time I listened to the album. I just uh, the 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 riffs were just so they just hooked me every time I heard it. I was just like, oh man, just um, really good stuff. I I, I this was like clearly it's been a while since i had like a clear song of the week candidate especially like on an album that i wasn't familiar with going into it but this was an easy choice for me um i just really 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 like this song a lot um so uh let's uh let's give it a, a listen and um we'll hear uh some of your thoughts on it when we get back think you could have picked a lot of stuff on this album but this was a great choice 
correct me if I'm wrong, but there's almost a galloping feel at the start, which is something that you do not really get on Doom Doom albums so much. Uh, If I was going to describe the song in in one word, I would use the word tight and not in in the sense that some of our friends use, but really just a tight sounding song. Um, Arguably one of the best choruses on the entire album. Uh, not just the melody, but the vocal lines and the drums during the chorus are just really epic sounding. And I think the low end on this song just shines throughout. This is a top-notch tune. I would love to hear it live. And it's one of those songs that I think that if you heard it live, I think you just it's the kind of song you kind of put towards the front of the set list and really get the crowd going. But excellent choice. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed that you chose it. Yeah, that the riff during the chorus just, oh my God, it just, it's, it's such a, it just has such a hook to it that I just, I just, um, I got excited every time I heard this song. Really just a cool tune. Um, yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, we move on to track four, Eternal Sleep. This one, again, you, they go back to the more classic Doom style. Really cool intro with the acoustic guitars. Beautiful with the vocals on the top. And I'll just use this opportunity to talk a little bit about Anders Engberg. For those that don't know, I think he's most famous for his work in Lion's Share, uh, recording, um, I think, two or three albums with that band back in the mid to late 90s. I first heard of him um, in Lion's Share, but I loved his vocals on an album that came out about 20 years ago called The Seventh Sign. This was a prog metal disc, which I bought on a whim at a prog power, ironically enough, and I was blown away. This album is incredible and does not get the love that it otherwise should in my opinion uh may have to make it a sunday select i'll be honest with you that's how good this stuff is for those that haven't heard it and it is just the perfect blend of keyboard laden prog metal with anders engberg just wailing over the top it's it it is a low-key desert island disc for me and um when i found out that he was fronting a doom band i was I was curious as to what it was going to sound like. And I think that when you listen to a song like Eternal Sleep, you realize it works. It just works. Um, this song is definitely uh, slow, but I wouldn't say it's boring by any means. It's more have like an epic feel with a slow build. Uh, and again, the beautiful contrast between the verses and the chorus, which you need, because if it all blends into each other, I think it becomes instantly forgettable. But that is not what this is. Yeah, well, well said. Um, it gave me. I mean, I just want to be clear. My doom metal knowledge is pretty minimal. So when I heard this, I I got while heaven wept uh, vibes from it. But I mean, it it, it might just be regular old doom vibes. Uh, you're you're more of the expert there than I am. But uh, I, I got this is another song I liked, and, and I agree. Like it, it kind of cu- kicks back to a more of a, a mid tempo kind of marching um you know uh gate but um yeah just another really good tune and and i I think that um the vocals really lead the way because they're just so powerful and unique and and they just sound they fit this style of music so well um yeah another another really good tune um this 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 album was really uh a, a nice surprise and i'm glad that you asked me to listen to it as we uh continue to make our way through it. I was not completely surprised that it was palatable to you just because as I was listening to it, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Even though it's a band that I enjoyed, I I just really took to this album. 
And, and even some of the songs which are a little bit less than, they're still very good. And I think Curse of Medusa is a good example of that. This one is really more of just a straight-up metal tune. I had a Manowar vibe on this song, uh, just like a fist-pumping anthem. And um, the chorus is almost whimsical in a way. And oddly enough, it kind of reminded me of the Eyes of Medusa from Symphony X, which I have no doubt was not the intent, but I did hear certain similarities in the structure of these songs. It is a another tight tune with, um, you know, uh, I think the guitar solos on this are pretty good. Uh, not 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 my favorite. Uh, uh, this would I'd say was like a little bit less than the first, um, you know, the first four tracks, but at the same time, a good tune on, on the that kind of kicks off the back end of the album. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought the guitar work uh, in between the verses was really strong. Um, I I really like the layered vocals in the chorus. It's just a, another solid, solid tune. Um, you know, unfortunately, like the the tracks going the rest of the way don't reach the heights of, of "Thy Kingdom Will Come for Me," but um, it, you know, the rest of the album is still quite enjoyable and and uh, i didn't think there were any um you know any bad songs well i i think the one song for me that was a bit of a disappointment and i, I and i want to be clear i still enjoy the tune but i i thought that the next track uh unveiling blasphemy was was a bit of a was a bit of a downer uh the bass and the drums are kind of the key to the this overall uh doomy song and i do think that it's the vocals which make it pretty good instead of a bit of a miss for me um i think that makes this track actually interesting as opposed to kind of boring and i just imagined it with somebody else singing and i thought i was going to be like this is this is kind of a miss for me uh but even though it's my least favorite track on the album i don't dislike it like i said and actually after repeated listens started to stand out a little bit more for me. So uh, I don't even know that it's fair to say that it's my least favorite, but um, this was the one track I don't have a ton of glowing things to say about. I think I'm pretty much in the same boat as you with this one. It's probably my favorite or least favorite song on the album as well. While not a bad song just doesn't live up to the, the other seven tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, I think that's right. And it's also, you know, one of those longer tunes on the album too. So maybe, maybe for our money, it drags on a little bit. Uh, but they were smart. They followed it up with a, sh- the shortest song on the album, The Underworld. It's about four and a half minutes. I was pretty convinced that this was going to be your song of the week. This is a real banger. And it even starts off with this like short little guitar solo. Uh, it's heavy. It's mid paced. It's, it's certainly not slow. And for my money, some really catchy verses and a killer chorus. I, I thought that this was song of the week caliber, albeit on the back end of the album. And then somewhat towards the end, there's this spoken word section, which gave me King Diamond vibes. And obviously we've talked about him a lot as of late, but I totally had this like oddball piece of the song, but it kind of fit the song well. So I, I can't even say that it was... uh it, it took me out of it or anything like that, but it, it did have a feel of like the, you know, the, the, the King Diamond um, concept album, if you will, you know, we'll pick, just pick one at that point. Great solos on this. And, and again, nothing you haven't heard before, but just really well done. And it never got old for me throughout all my listens. Yeah. This is one of my favorites too. Um, really like the chorus, really strong chorus, really catchy. 
Um, I, I love that just some of these like little, little like guitar parts here and there that I don't know if you would call it like a hook, but just where like the guitar just goes, like it just, I don't know. It just really pulls me into the whole like process of listening to something like this. Cause like, I think it adds a little, like a little bit more flair uh, to, to like a, an album that's, you know, generally kind of a doomy album, but um, I don't know, maybe that's part of the whole doom, you know, uh, experience, but I, I just like that. And I found that this song did it really well along, along with my song of the week, thy kingdom will come. I, th- those two were probably my, my two favorites alongside your song of the week, morning star. Um, three, three really good tunes right there on an album uh, of of all good songs at the very least yeah that no no doubt about it and then as they kind of wrap this thing up with break of dawn you have this slower heavy heavy uh closing track any thoughts on this before i kind of share mine and we wrap this thing up because again it's it's a brand new album 48 minutes or so but there's only eight tracks so it's a lot to um you know they kind of cram a lot into those eight songs and then they're on and 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 you're on to the next album at that point yeah this was probably my favorite of the the slower you know mid-tempo type tunes and like and you really i think you set the table well at the beginning by you know describing the album as kind of balancing throughout between those like you know faster paced almost i think some of the songs almost have a little bit of a power metal kind of feel to it and then you come back to these songs that i think are a little bit more traditionally doomy but i think this is the best of those traditionally doomy uh type songs and i thought it was a really great choice to kind of end the album on i think being that the the band is really considered an epic doom metal band you know, makes sense to end the album with an epic doom metal song. And that's what they did here. So, uh, good stuff. Yeah. It's, it's really heavy, but there's this, the vocals being so melodic and stuff. I feel like, uh, again, the contrast there is great. And, and although it's not my preferred genre, this album just really kind of did it for me. And this last tune was was not an exception by any means i like how the vocals or i should say the the verses are slow and kind of plotting and then they just certainly pick up at certain times and 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 it's just there's almost a roller coaster feel on this one track let alone on on each track as you go along and then there's like this one part where there's like a beautiful acoustic guitar passage and then it almost has like a medieval feel to it with a neoclassical guitar solo that follows, which wasn't expecting that. It was like a nice little, you know, nod to almost like an Ingve or something like that. Just a great end to the disc. And I like the guitar outro too with the classical guitar. Just really, really well done. Um, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed this album. Obviously, I want to know what your what your score is on a scale of one to ten. But before you answer that, I have another question, which I guess is related. Do you see this album being in your top fifty at the end of the year for for an album that's what a newer album? Like, does this have a place on that list? And if so, where might it fall out? Uh, yeah, I think I think there's a really good chance that it makes the list. Um, it's hard to say because. Like I said, I've kind of been separating everything by quarter, um, and this obviously falls under the quarter four. And I haven't listened to a ton of albums um, 
of from quarter four just yet, as it's only been about five weeks. Uh, but this is pretty high up on my quarter four list. So once the uh, this you know list kind of starts to merge with the other ones, we'll see where it lands. But I would say at this point in time, I would be surprised if it was not on the list at somewhere. Um, where I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I don't think it'll be in like my top ten or anything. But um, it, it, I, I would imagine it'll be on that list. Yeah. All right. Very fair enough. Um, score of one to ten. Where does this fall for you? Uh, I'm gonna give this one a seven point eight seven five. Uh, just shy of an eight. Um, it's not my favorite type of music, but I think it, it's it's as good as as doom metal is going to be for me. Um, and I think that some of those stronger tracks really pushed it from, you know, being like a seven or a 7.5 and kind of pushed it closer to an eight. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at on that one. Um, I, I wonder if with time uh, that rating goes up, but um, I, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, uh, you know, as far as a new album goes in a, in a genre that isn't uh, in my wheelhouse most of the time, I, I thought it was a, a really well done album. And like I said, I would expect to see it on that year end list. And I'm assuming based on your positive uh, commentary that it'll be on yours as well. No doubt. Uh, I, I, I had modest expectations going in. I leave saying this album Though not my album of the year, I would be surprised if it's not in my top 10. I just thought that six fantastic tracks, two other tracks that were certainly enjoyable, that that has the makings of the recipe of a very good album. It's an 8.25 for me, a very good score. Um, you know, Will it have staying power? I don't know, but I'm not done listening to it, definitely. And um, Time will tell, I think, where it winds up. But as of right now, it is hovering in that top 10. And I think that it has a pretty good chance of staying there. I just, I really enjoyed this release. And, and kudos to Sorcerer on an album that just exceeded expectations through and through. And uh, I, like I said, I really hope to get to see them live again because it was an enjoyable show. And if I got to hear some material off of this album, I'd be very, very pleased. Yeah, I, I hope to see them for the first time. Um have they done uh, any like U.S. tours before, or um, not yet? Or, I believe or do you expect that, that there will be one. I believe that that Prague Power show was their first. However, uh, selfishly, I'm hoping that they play seventy seventy thousand tons of metal. I could totally see them uh, being announced for for you know next year's cruise, and I could see them coming back to Prague Power at some point. And qu- quite frankly. I could see them kind of doing a small run of shows to dip their toes into the into the U.S. market just because, you know, this album got a lot of great reviews, not just from us, but across the board. A lot of people had positive things to say about it. So hopefully people are listening. Hopefully they're getting their name out there and who knows what happens after that. Does Carl go on tour with them if they do a U.S. tour? I think that is a no-brainer. In fact, we should probably <laughs> interview him as the honorary sixth member of the band. But uh, no, good good times, good album. Uh, I am very curious to hear what you've got in store for us next week. But before we get there, I just want to go over a couple of news items, uh, the first of which is some somber news out of the ex-Japan camp. Bassist Hiroshi Mori dead at the age of 55 after uh, – uh, 
battle with cancer. Very, very sad news for them. Uh, they had released their single Angel earlier this year. We spoke about it briefly on the podcast. They, it was their first new music in eight years, but their bassist has passed away, as I said, at the age of 55. So our sincere condolences to him and his family. Um, and from there, we'll just transition to some other tour news, which I found interesting. Joe Satriani and Steve Vai are doing the Satch Vai 2024 U.S. tour starting March 22nd in Orlando, which ironically is where I saw G3, one of the two times I saw both of these guys live. They're ending the uh, tour May 8th in Salt Lake City. Two of the greatest guitar players of all time going out on tour, but not bringing along a third guitarist with them this time. That should be fun for all the guitar players out there. And another tour that was uh, announced this week as well, and it's something I think you're excited about, Queensryche and Armored Saint going out on tour together. Queensryche is playing their entire debut EP and the Warning album in its entirety. Ar- Armored Saint, always a good time and probably doing a greatest hit set if I know uh, them. Really, really cool tour starting March 22nd at the Hell's Heroes Festival in Houston, ending... May 12th in Fort Myers, Florida, uh, a really cool tour. And I got to be honest, Hell's Heroes is a, a festival in Houston, which the guys over at the MSR cast have been raving about for years. They are obviously guys that are in the Texas area. They had us on to do the 1993 year in review, which was a really fun time. So please check that out if you're interested in hearing more of us and some classic takes on the metal genre and and really the state of music as a whole in 1993. That was a ton of fun for us. But yeah, Hell's Heroes and then obviously bringing it out on the road for for the rest of that uh, tour. And I believe they're doing a a one-off that is Armored Saint in Rochester. Is that correct? Yeah, there's a few uh there's a few dates where Armored Saints headlining um uh when Queensryche is uh has a day off and Rochester happens to be one of those. So, have to keep an eye on that. It's I'm a little surprised that Armored Saint would play in a venue as small as uh the one that's playing in Rochester, but um I imagine they'll draw a pretty good crowd. So, uh I, I would plan on uh, checking that out. And uh, just to, to echo your comments about the MSR cast, um, you know, check their MSRcast.com. And so, uh, yeah, we, we invite you to check out that their last uh, episode that they had us on. It was a really enjoyable uh, discussion about all things 1993. Um, and I, I, one last thing I'll mention too, is that um, a, a, another band has been added to the prog power lineup. Uh, I don't think, we knew this as of last week, but um, I apologize if I'm repeating myself. I don't think that I am, but uh, Darkwater has added has been added to the um, the day one lineup as the opening band. So and uh, Soto have... and Beeler doing a special show for uh, gold badge holders and VIPs uh, the Saturday before the fest starts. So a lot of a lot of news out of that camp. I think they have yeah, one other one one slot left to fill, and that I believe is the middle slot for day one. So we'll keep, uh, keep our ears open to see what that ends up being. But, uh, I believe, um, the word is that the tickets are going to go on sale prior to the band being announced. So, uh, I guess we'll see what's in the works. Um, but, uh, I think, um, enough has been announced to, to move tickets based on the lineup as it's currently constructed. So, um, 
I, I, I'm looking for, I know I for sure will be attending day one for the first time in a while. Um, with the, with this, with Angra and Circus Maximus and, uh, Victorious and, um, Darkwater filling out four fifths of that of that lineup. Yeah, that's going to be a good show. Uh, curious to see who that fifth and final band is. But to be honest, my my ticket is purchased, metaphorically speaking, anyway. Just because that lineup, uh, I, I'm I'm curious to see Victorious, but really those other three bands are a big draw for me. So, with that being said, my friend, we get to next week, and it is your turn for a, a pick. I'm curious to hear. What it is that I will be listening to during the week ahead? Yeah, so um, this one is a little bit inspired by some recent news, and that news being that uh, Mike Portnoy has rejoined Dream Theater, and it, in a uh, unprecedented uh, <laughs> in an unprecedented event, uh, I will be choosing a dream theater album for the third time now outnumbering you three to zero on dream theater albums chosen to be discussed on this podcast. I thought you were going to choose liquid tension experiment to be honest with you, but go for it. What dream theater am I listening? Which dream theater album are we listening to this year? Uh, so what I, what I decided on was we've done images and words and we've done falling into infinity. So let's bridge that gap and talk about awake and then maybe we get together on a bonus episode and talk about a change of seasons and then we'll have pretty much that whole era of dream theater covered and then uh at some point we'll start digging into uh the debut album i'm sure at some point and um and i'm, I'm positive we'll do an episode on scenes from a memory at, at some point uh we do and we have a request also in the queue for um a, a later or well a, a, you know later than this era anyway uh dream theater album from charles so i'm sure we'll get to that as well but i thought this would bridge the the gap nicely this is the the final uh the final album that uh kevin moore played keyboards with the band on but um i'm a big fan of this album it was it might have been my first dream theater album i bought this and falling into infinity very close time together and then uh got images and words a couple of months after that, but um, this is, I think, is a really interesting album and, and, a, and a turning point for the band. So um, that's what uh, we're gonna go with. Um, it's been a while since our last uh, discussion on Dream Theater, so I felt like between that and, and the uh, the Portnoy announcement, um, you know, it was due. Actually, it's been. Uh, about 16 months since we talked about uh, images and words. It was in July of 2022. So um, I thought I thought it would be a good time to to get into it. And, and like I said, uh, time to get back into the metal swing of things after a, a wild and wacky October. <laughs> I, I like it. It's a great choice. And I'll say this. It sounds like we've got our November bonus episode picked out. So for all those who will be joining our Patreon or for those that are already uh, subscribers, uh, look forward to Images and uh, – sorry, A Change of Seasons later this month as well. I think that's going to be a fun episode with all the covers and, and whatnot. It is uh, a really – interesting ep and i'm sure most people are already familiar with it but yes next week we come back with awake excellent choice my friend i look forward to it immensely and we will continue our march through their discography as well uh just 
please don't make me do the astonishing. Please, I, I'm I'm begging you. Um, that might I've be- never listened. I've never listened to it. So uh, I started listening to it when it first came out, and um, I didn't dislike it, but I just never wanted to make the time to listen to the entire thing. I thought it was just a little bit, um, a little much. Uh, so it is what it is. But no, I, there's at least eight other dream theater albums i would probably choose ahead of that so uh, i don't think you have much to worry about there i'd rather do when dream and day unite i'd rather do even train of thought which i don't like i would much prefer than than the astonishing but i digress awake next week excellent choice uh well as the as the march to the year end rolls on uh enjoy your week my friend and um start listening to some dream theater I'm excited. I, I don't think I've sat down and listened to this album in quite some time. Uh, so I'm pumped. Uh, I can already hear that, that intro to six o'clock in my head. So I know this album very well, but I look forward to listening to it yet again for the thousand and first time. So good choice, my friend. Talk to you uh, sooner rather than later. Yes, and you don't have to wait until six o'clock on Christmas morning to listen to it. So No, you'll have it six o'clock next Monday morning. There you go. Cheers, Six my o'clock friend. on a Monday morning. <laughs> and for what? <laughs>